Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. I'm Dr. Alan Leica. I'd like to introduce you to Mari Mitchell, and she's a certified professional relationship coach and life coach based out of Southern California. Mari Mitchell has so many credentials. I want to get to the heart of her bio. To mention just a few, she's founder of Dare to Be Authentic and the producer of Dare to Be Authentic book series and many other books. She's passionate in helping people connect with their authentic self to create a life of joy and fulfillment and bring their authentic talents to the world. Welcome, Mari Mitchell. Thank you, Dr. Laika. Well, so nice to have you. So, Mari, I want to ask you a question. What does it mean to be authentic? Mm, well, that's really what my whole brand is about, right? So I have, better have a good answer. Um, for me, being authentic is being who I really am, who I was born to be, who God made me to be, something I didn't know how to do very well when I was much younger in my life. So why is being authentic so important to you? Because when you're not authentic, or at least from my experience, when I wasn't authentic, you can't live a true, happy, and fulfilled life. Because you're being who you think other people want you to be, or you're being who you think you want to be, instead of being who you really are. And once you step into who you really are, it just feels so good. So how do we know when we're not being authentic? Well, for me, I had a very unhappy life. I was stressed out. Um, I didn't feel like I was fulfilling my purpose. I felt like I was just doing the same thing over and over again, like, like a merry-go-round. Like I felt like I was in a merry-go-round and I couldn't get off because I was just trying to strive to do, 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 instead of going back and being, being So me. tell me, when was that in your life? That was, um, let me think how many years ago now. That was way back in like 2006. And so I, like I said, I was very unhappy. I, at that time, had been divorced, so I was dating. And I always had this bad habit of becoming who the guy, who I thought the guy wanted me to be. That way he would like me, right? And so, um, but I was never being myself, at least not initially. And so when you take on someone else's preferences, whether it be movies or whatever it is they like to do, you're not really doing what fulfills you and what makes you happy. So that's how I started out. And I, I said to myself, I want to be happy. That was really my main goal. I want to be happy. I want to have joy in my life. And it turns out that I needed to be me. I needed to be authentic. So when you were being fake, you weren't being happy. Right. And I wasn't being fake in a way. I was still being me, but I was just, I had that too nice syndrome. You know, I always had to be nice. I wanted people to like me and to love me. I call it the good little Catholic girl syndrome. And so if you said to me, 
let's go to the movies. I want to see this such a movie and I really don't want to see it. I'll go along with you and see it just because I want you to like me. Right. I want you to think I'm nice. And I did that from the time I was a little girl. So how did you break out of that that uh, circle where you you just weren't being yourself? How did you end up breaking that spiral? It wasn't easy and it took a long time. And one of the first things I had to do was I had to connect back with my teenage self. And I had to ask myself, what did she like to do? What did she aspire to? And so I remembered that I liked to read. I loved to read as I was a little girl. I would spend all summer reading on my bed. And I had stopped reading. I read only self-help book and religious books. And so I started reading novels again. And then one of the things I always wanted to do was write. And so I joined a writer's group and started writing. And as you begin writing, that's a really good way to get to your authentic self because the true you begins to come out there on that paper or typewriter. <laughs> well, I understand that. I understand that that's a very part of growing up and, and learning about that. And so you reconnected with your teenage self and that helped you to grow. It did because I also remembered how excited she was to have her whole life in front of her. And that was a really good feeling. And she, at that point, uh, was too young to, to want to impress too many people. And so I got back to connected to that feeling of what being me was like and what I really liked. And so I began with little steps just by uh, sharing my preferences with people, whether it was what restaurant I want to go to, what movie I wanted to see, little steps in just being me and beginning to say no to people, which was very, very hard for me because I was always, you know, the yes man. Wow. That's pretty significant, isn't it? Yeah. Big time. Wow. That's pretty awesome and pretty, pretty authentic there. Well, you know, so how do you help others connect themselves with their authentic selves? That's a really good question. And one of the things I ask my clients to do is to begin to journal, to begin to go inside and ask themselves deep questions. You know, ask themselves, uh, what do I like about my life? What don't I like about my life? Why don't I like this? Why do I do this this way? Where did I learn that? Because a lot of the things that we do, we don't realize that we're doing it because we're trying to please other people. And so they get, they have to get back to, Again, to being a younger, a child or a teenager and remembering what they like to do and beginning to reach for that. So, as you said, you had to break out of your Catholic girl self, that person that wanted to be liked by everybody. Exactly. And wanted to be pleasing and wanted to be pleasing to God and wanted to be God and holy. You know, a, a story comes to mind if I may tell it. And I don't sure, please do. I love stories. I don't think I've ever told this to a soul. So I must have been about, I don't know, eight or 10, seven, between seven and 10 or 11. And we had a dear friend in the family. There were these older ladies that lived in the building a couple of floors above us. And my mom would help them all the time because she was such a, such a doer and such a servant. And they were taking me to the movies as a treat. She just says, well, I'm going to take you to the movies. So she gave me two choices. One was about a saint, and I can't remember, a woman saint. Um, it wasn't Joan of Arc, but something like that. And the other one was, you know, a kid's movie, a lot of fun. Maybe it was Mary Poppins. I don't remember. It was so long ago. 
And she says, do you want to see this movie or that movie? Well, of course, I picked the movie about the saint because I wanted to be good and I wanted to. And even she even said, are you sure that's the movie you want to see? I said, yes, this is the movie. You don't want to see this other one? No. So I've been back as young as seven or 10. I was trying to do what was pleasing to God and holy in my mind or in someone else's mind rather than what would be fun for me. Yeah, I can understand that. And I, and I mean, it's hard to break out of those bounds that you put on yourself. Yeah. Um, it's a very difficult thing to just get outside yourself and be the person you want to be rather than the person you are. Mm-hmm. Actually, I see it backwards. It was being the person I am, except I didn't really know who I was anymore. I was so busy trying to be who, who I thought everybody else wanted to me. It's even more convoluted than all that. It's not even maybe who they wanted me to be, who I thought they wanted to, me to be, because I didn't ask them. I just assumed, right? <laughs> yeah, I understand that. that that's huge. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess what, what advice can you tell our listeners about being authentic and being themselves? I think the first thing is to recognize whether you're being authentic or not. And you, you hit on this point a little bit earlier. What are some signs that you're not being authentic? Well, you're frustrated with your life. You're unhappy. Uh, people bother you. Uh, you. You feel like you never get to do what you want to do, like everybody else is in control of your life. And not because they are controlling you because you're a puppet, because you're allowing them. So those are some of the signs. And then some good advice is, again, to get with yourself. Give yourself some time just with you. Some people are afraid of that. They don't want to be just with them. They want to have the TV on and people around them and, you know, go places and listen to things because they don't want to be with themselves. They don't want to find out what's in there. But that's really important to just connect with you. Okay, good, good. Well, that's important. That's yeah. very important advice. Are there any other words of advice you'd like to give our listeners today? I think that one of the biggest lessons I learned was to trust myself. When you're not authentic, you don't trust yourself because you're going by what everybody else says you should do or say or think or believe. And so I didn't grow up trusting myself, but when I began to trust myself and trust my instincts and trust the guidance that was coming to me, my life turned around completely because I didn't have to worry about, did I make this decision wrong? Did I make that decision wrong? Not that I always make perfect decisions. I'm not saying that, but by following your inner guidance, you, it really leads you to your best life and you can't follow your inner guidance if you're not authentic. Well, one of the principles of my book is it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. How would you apply that to authenticity? Ooh, that's a really good question. Okay, I got to think about that for a second. Well, first of all, I love that phrase because it's so very true. Because the same thing can happen to two different people. And the two different people will have two different outcomes, right? So... As far as authenticity, I think that no matter what happens to me, I want to stay in my authentic self. I want to 
listen to my guidance. I want to do what I know I am led and need to do. And so that's the advice I would give people. If you want to remain authentic, remember that you follow your guidance. And even if everybody else is going this other way and you know that's not right for you, it's okay. You still follow your guidance and go for what you know is right for you and what feels right for you. That's important. That's very important. I think that's where you have to start with this as well. Now, another important thing I think in our book is we have some golden pearls that are really important to and one of my golden pearls is I think a person has to have some non-negotiables in their life. Uh, I think to you, authenticity is a non-negotiable. Yes, I do agree, Dr. Leica. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool. And and what would you say about how does authenticity uh, go along with attitude? I think that one of the things that you get is you become very confident because now that you trust yourself and you believe in your guidance and you're following the life that, that you know, the divine leads you with, you're confident in yourself. And so your attitude becomes one of confidence and more of leadership rather than just swaying back and forth, not knowing where you want to go, what you want to do, which direction to take. So it changes your attitude to one of confidence and also one of a lot more joy and a lot more fun for yourself. Well, that's a real good answer. Now, here's another difficult question, Maury. How does empowerment and authenticity go together? Does authenticity make a person more empowered Or does empowerment make a person more authentic? That's an excellent question. And I'm going to say authenticity makes you more empowered. And I say that from experience because when I wasn't authentic, I didn't feel powerful. I felt like I was not in control of my life. But once I connected with me and I knew that there was a purpose for me to fill and I follow my guidance, that's where your power comes from, from knowing that you're exactly where you're supposed to be, even if you can't see the whole road, right? Even if you can only see a few steps in front of you, you still know you're going on that path for you. So that's where the empowerment comes from. Well, and, and you know, one of my other golden pearls is about vulnerability. And it's a very tough thing to become vulnerable because that is a state that you really are in a a very difficult state. But, you know, vulnerability is what allows us to be powerful as well. Uh, Does vulnerability allow you to become more authentic? Absolutely. Because when you shut yourself, to not be vulnerable, one of the things you do is shut yourself away from other people. Not be real with them, of course. And not have uh, any intimacy with them. And I don't mean just physical, but just even emotional and mental intimacy because you're trying to hide away because you don't want them to find out that you're not who they really think you are, right? And so by becoming vulnerable, not only do you feel empowered, but they feel empowered because now you're in a place where you can share things with people that maybe they need to hear. Maybe they're going through that. And then they had no idea that there was a solution for it. But now you've gone through it and you're on the other side and you're an example for them. 
So I'm going to ask another tough question. Going back to your teenage years, were you afraid to be authentic? I wasn't so much afraid to, well, first of all, I didn't really know what being authentic was back then. I just knew uh, what I wanted for my life and I tried to follow it as much as possible, but there was a lot of rules that had to be followed. You know, that comes from the Catholic upbringing, a lot of rules. And those rules are hard. And me being a recovering perfectionist to this day, wanted to follow all the rules. But it's really hard to be authentic and follow all the rules at the same time. And so I forgot what the question was, but I think I That's okay. (laughs) Were you afraid to be authentic as a teenager? I didn't give myself permission to be authentic because there was too many rules to follow. And, it's, you know, it's and, and you know, those nuns can be pretty mean at times. There are rules for everything. Scary. They were scary. <laughs> they never hurt me, but they were scary. <laughs> no, that's true. Well, we're just about at our end. And I got to tell you, thank you for this beautiful talk today. And thank you for this beautiful time. I'm just going to ask you, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? Oh, okay. The easiest way is just to go to my website. It's lifecoachmari.com. So lifecoachmari.com. And you'll see all about me there. Uh, It's called Dare to Be Authentic Coaching. And not only do I do coaching, but I do my radio show and the publishing of the Dare to Be Authentic books. Yeah, that that was beautiful. Thank you very much, Maury, for for sharing this beautiful time with me. Thank you, Dr. Like. It was entirely my pleasure. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Laika's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.